Hello and welcome to Sex, Please. I'm your host, Vanessa Carlisle. We're here in live in studio at KPFK 90.7 FM. We're part of Safe Harbor. I'm here with my dashing coho on the radio, Danny Cruz. Hola. Hello. And the broad in the booth, Chris Ann Eastwood. Happy hump day, everybody. And tonight we, tonight we have a special guest, Raul Q. Hello. We are, uh, hello. We are bringing you a fine piece of edutitillation this evening. Ooh, edutitillation. <laughs> That's right. Ooh. We educate to titillate. We titillate while we educate. So hold on, friends, because tonight the sluts have already won. Wow. <laughs> uh, we're talking about good old-fashioned, friendly, no-strings-attached recreational sex tonight. Hookup culture, rec sex, play parties, sex clubs casual sex, and more all, wow. all around the corner and here. that was just what I did last weekend. <laughs> that was just Danny's Saturday That's night. so many great adjectives with sex. Casual, play, fun. I mean, because it's supposed to be fun. Right, right. right. That's the point. Um, so tonight we have Raul Q in the studio with us. He's a prep educator for Prepare.LA. He calls himself the Preptucator. Yes. I said it right. All right. You did? <laughs> the portmanteaus here are just cray. We are a neologist group. <laughs> we like to make our new words. Um, so you do outreach at commercial sex venues. Yes. Uh, so for Prepare.LA, which is a division, uh, which is a... Um, Extension of JWCH Institute. Can I just interrupt one second? Sure. What is a commercial sex venue? A commercial sex venue. I was actually going to get into that. Thank you. A commercial sex venue in Los Angeles would be considered either a bathhouse or a sex club. Uh, primarily, uh, you know, uh, men-only spaces for the most part. Um, but there are special nights, you know, that do cater to uh, trans individuals. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, special nights uh, throughout the month. So, you know, they're open. Uh, membership only mm-hmm. and people go there and they enjoy themselves as sexually liberally as possible within you know their consensual limits and your role in that scenario is to do bar- is to, barrier and safe sex education yes yeah, so i do hiv awareness uh safer sex awareness uh and prep education specifically um great know. okay so this evening we are going to be talking about recreational sex play parties group sex sex clubs uh, later on, we're going to play you a Get It On song by the inimitable Melissa Farrick. It's called Drive. Some of you may know it. Um, you have a lot to look forward to. Join our conversation. Are you interested in talking about recreational sex and hookup culture? Call us, 818-985-5735. So before we get down to our business time here, it's, we need to hear from Danny Cruz. Yes. What's new in sex news, Danny? Uh, ooh, that teletype again. I love it. <laughs> Uh, first, the story we talked about back in January. Can you believe it? January. So in China, a man by the name of Sun Wenlin and his partner filed a lawsuit against the civil affairs office in Changsha, the Hunan province, capital city, um, after authorities rejected their marriage application last June. After only a few hours of hearings, though, the judge upheld the country's one man, one woman stance on marriage. <sighs> Uh, While this might seem like a setback, this case is still pretty important. According to Outright Action International, which is an international LGBT human rights organization, China has taken a not encouraging, not necessarily discouraging, and not promoting stance to LGBT issues. But otherwise, they remained really, really quiet. Um, And these are uncharted waters for Asia. Um, Being gay is still taboo in many parts of the region. 
Um, in 2013, a Pew Research study found high rates of moral disapproval of homosexuality in Asia, 61% in China, and as high as 93% in Indonesia. Wow. Um, mm. Japan, in that region, is among the most accepting of homosexuality. They only had uh, 31% of people find it morally reprehensible to be gay. Um, and in 2015, Japan uh, issued its first same-sex marriage certificate. Wow, so, so China's so China's taking a, you know, kind of we're not going to come down yes or no because we don't want the international community to come down on us kind of situation. Uh, it's very it's a it's very much a cultural thing. It's very much a cultural mm. taboo in many many parts of that. that I region. love that Japan, you know, is kind of like more, you know, 31% are morally think it's morally reprehensible. Mm -hmm. Other people are just like, "Eh, <laughs> well, it's, yeah, that's like seventy percent of the people are like whatever. Uh, comparatively, in the U.S., in that same study, um, thirty-eight percent of Americans had a bad view, a negative view of homosexuality. So that's just com comparing them to us. Gotcha. Um, next up, um, won't someone think of the children? Well, the British government is. They're worried about the prevalence of anal sex in online porn. The UK. Okay, wait a minute. <laughs> you started off with children, and then whoa, 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 whoa. The British whoa. government is worried about children having access to online porn. Oh um, my god! In particular, anal sex in online porn. The UK's Department for Cultural Media and Sport, uh, which, according to their website, is there to help make Britain the world's most creative and exciting place to live, visit, and do business. Um, <laughs> Department of Excitement. <laughs> Department of Excitement. They released a report on age verification rules for British porn websites. And I got to say, I got to give them a little bit of credit. In their um, report, it's very, uh, it's it's not shaming of um, the love of porn or the love of sex. Huh. Um the ministers who authorize the report want to preserve the people's right to view porn, but are worried that exposure to content without education or context can skew the ideas of consent and pleasure uh, to people who are still of that sexual development age, that teenage, mm. that under 18. Um, the report reads, it is not unhealthy for teenagers to be interested in sex, but we can and should do more to ensure that children cannot easily access sexual content, which will distress them or harm their development. Right. Now, my first question is, do they worry the same about, like, excessive violence in in in, in film and so forth? Never! never. I mean, there's all not. that killing and mutilation. <laughs> they and, never and do. That's not, still still not a problem. Kids just, you know, an they anvil. Can, they can sort. They understand reality versus fantasy when it comes to violence. When it comes to sex, they never can tell. They don't get it. Don't get Terrible. It. They're they lost. Know. They're lost. So the report Panic. states that there's this question about the effect of pornography on, quote, unwanted sex. For instance, more young people are engaging in anal intercourse than ever before, than ever before, despite research that suggests that it is often not seen as pleasurable for young women. Wait, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> Which whoa, they obviously didn't time. hear our, they obviously weren't tuned in for our anal our episode anal show, a few weeks ago, Maybe right? we need to get the address of the Department of Excitement. <laughs> Can someone turn off the Department of Teletime? You want to <laughs> <like> <laughs> Teletime? We were going to try to keep it going through the newsroom. Just, the news just keeps coming over the wire. You don't like the Department of Teletype? Keep really going. <laughs> Sorry. So... You've got hamsters typing Hamlet right now. There's 700 of them. Hamlet oh, 2. No. 
So a lot of people see they're, uh, they're kind of going after anal sex. They say, while the increase in anal sex cannot be attributed directly to pornography consumption, uh, anal sex does feature a large in a large percentage of mainstream pornography. Um, the study that they cited for that, though, didn't actually look at online porn. It was a study back in 2010 where researchers looked at the content of rented DVDs and VHS porn titles between 2004 and 2005. Mm-hmm. Oh. So they're banning, they're they're talking about possibly banning anal sex in porn without actually studying it. See, the Brits are weird about <laughs> anal sex. One of their biggest swear words is bugger. Right. You know, and right. The, which which to be buggered is to to get anal to get anally penetrated, right? Mm-hmm. So I mean, that's one of their big swear. They're they're nuts about anal sex. And they don't even realize it. It's like their thing. They're also <laughs> nuts about porn. So maybe ban- banning anal play sounds far fetched, but in the past, um, UK has banned or put censors uh, on. Uh, Things like spanking, female ejaculation, water sports, face sitting, and fisting in porn. Mm. So, so, so much for being... all the excitement and fun. Yeah, so <laughs> much for being the place of excitement well, and fun, right? Yeah. <laughs> I think Sex Please needs to do some serious outreach to our friends in the UK. Yeah. And if we have any listeners who are listening on kpfk.org, which is where all our world citizenry can listen, uh, we want to hear from you. And uh, you can you can tweet if you if you're if you're up this morning and a beautiful Thursday morning, you know tweet Vanessa at uh, V Carlisle, or Danny at A Danny Boy, or me at Big Broad Sports. I want to hear from the UK. What's up? What's up their butts, man? What's up your asses in the UK? Mm. Well, not mm. fists because they banned that in porn. <sighs> well, that's 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 flipping ridiculous. It is. So finally, um, our last piece of sex news, new laws in Austria are causing problems for sex workers. New rules now dictate that all customers, regardless of what industry, um, should be issued an itemized bill listing all services that they received. Sex clubs and strip clubs are not exempt from this rule. So with many strippers and prostitutes working on a freelance basis, it's just causing problems for operators of a lot of sex clubs there. The most troubling what do we write that in as? If somebody gets a, if some, if if somebody's paying for a lap dance and a handy J, how do you write that on a receipt? You write hand dance and and hand dance. Oh, how do you solve a problem like your I, sex I, bill? I, <laughs> how do you write take it all and pin it down? I it's, mean, this is this is going to be so fun to see what happens with this because. Oh. People want to name behavior so badly when mm-hmm. it turns out that I think for for at least for me as a dancer, as a sex worker in other places, the same activity with a different body is not the same activity. Right. Right. It so like down. I it's a it's a it's a different thing. Mm-hmm. Like the service itself, you can't call it the same thing when you're doing it with Somebody who's terrifying versus somebody who's really sexy. Well, you have to, <laughs> well, then you have to add, you know, you have to add like, you know, well, we have a bump here because this guy was this way or this girl was that way. I yeah. Mean, it's almost like you have to write like in the old days when you sat and wrote out in longhand what mm. it was. Everybody, you might have to do like an essay. Blowjob plus asshole tax. Yeah. Yeah. Well, plus... a receipt that that was obtained by one of these yeah, read, Austrian. Yeah, read a receipt oh, to well, us. Oh, let's talk about the receipt. In the original German. It, uh, <laughs> well, so this particular receipt was kind of boring. It said 250 euros for a special sex act, 50 oh, euros oh. for uh, for 50 euros for special services, and 19 euros for a glass of champagne. Oh. There's your itemized oh. receipt okay, from blah, Sex Club. Okay, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> I want to 
want details. Well, I mean, I would not. You, do. you couldn't submit that to your expense account. What special services? Yeah. Oh, no, I mean, but I would say I want an itemized list of the services. Uh, yeah, mm. right. I want to know. Yeah. Mm. Great sex news. Well, Danny. you know, hookup hookup culture, which is alive and well in clubs yes. where you would be receiving this this kind of service, doesn't necessarily mean group sex. But I but I want to make sure that we are like including casual group sex, like at a play party or a sex club, in this discussion tonight. So I'm I'm going to contextualize this a little bit. Um, and I'd like to credit because I'm drawing from an article by Erica L. Sanchez. A, it's called A Brief History of Group Sex, and it was originally published on the Alternate um, <clears throat> a magazine online, alternate.org. So there's not a lot of research on group sex as a, as a behavior. They're just uh, at least published in English. <laughs> so <laughs> there's, um, there is a sex, re- sex researcher named Kate Frank who published a book a few years ago called Plays Well in Groups, A Journey Through the World of Group Sex. And, um, and she writes that there's just very little data to draw any definite conclusions about the evolution of group sex. There's no academic text on the subjects that, that she would recommend as, as of like two years ago. Um, but through her own research, she pretty, pretty well can conclude that group sex has been around since the beginning of human existence, but it's never been completely normative. Um, she says that usually it was part of some sort of ritual or celebration, always a little bit taboo. So like a sort of uh, fringe behavior that's consistent, um, which I think is, is a really interesting way to describe it. So also she wants to make this point that I like, which is that out of the hundreds of primate species in the world, there's not a single species living in complex social groups that is also sexually monogamous. Just us boring old humans. <laughs> I oh, mean, just, dead set. just just like straining so hard. <laughs> like, <laughs> we're going to do it. <laughs> I thought penguins did or lobsters. I remember in Friends, you find your lobster. Wasn't that an, a Friends episode? Primate, 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 primate. primate. Oh, just primate. primate. The lobster oh, thing is lobsters drag you down. <laughs> do they? Lobsters are like family. I'll drag one down into a big bowl of butter. That's how I like we got We got a quote from Joe Court. Doctor of clinical sexology, mm. he believes people partake in orgies and threesomes to experience variety and to enjoy multiple things at the same time. I know it's currently common in the gay community, he says, but it's also common among straight people. It's underground because people are so erotophobic um, that when they hear that about a group experience, they put you in a kink category. So I just, you know, this is the context, is that if straight people go to a to a club or to a party they're automatically kinky. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> oh, you went kink. Oh, but <laughs> that's... but that's not necessarily the way that people think about it for gay men, right? Am I... Well, I don't you, know. You can have vanilla, what I would consider vanilla group sex. Describe that to us, what please. Did, what would you, what, are you just talking about a whole bunch of blowjobs and ass fucking? Yeah, just like the. So that's vanilla, that's, but that's kinky to straight people, right. though. I mean, or I'm some some another man some, Sunday some, afternoon, you know. right? Exactly. I mean, yeah. So maybe, so maybe you think, was, okay, so people have been nice. having group sex for thousands of years in many ways, but mm. people haven't been talking about it since, like, you know, Sex in the City. And I'm it, well. They it, talked right? about it in the '60s. I mean, you know, the '60s. Right. You know, Woods. I know that the hippie era. I think the Bohemians maybe in the '20s. It, it's Caligula. totally wrong. It's totally wrong. Group sex has been part of the cultural conversation for years and years and years. Um, we have very little new to say about it. I think now, um, and I'm saying this because I've got this book here. It's mauve. 
It's called Sexual Latitude, For and Against, and it was published in 1971. There's an essay in here by a moral philosophy professor. He's this, like, conservative British white guy, Ronald Atkinson. I found these lines. Like, check, check this out. Hmm. He writes, It's not at all surprising that group sex causes outrage. One's attitude to it will inevitably be colored by one's attitude to revolutionary activity generally and one's commitment to the present social scheme of things. Those who regard the present state of affairs as incurably vicious and believe that a new and improved order could be brought about will look more kindly upon sexual insurrection. Revolutionary sex constitutes a fundamental challenge to our standards of sexual conduct, but not an important one. Our moral institutions in, these, in this field seem to me amply strong enough to resist this sort of attack. <laughs> I, so I, I got a three-point sum up, but it was... <laughs> I feel so patriotic to be able to say that I've had revolutionary sex. Nice. <laughs> Maybe the that's a that t-shirt. The fa- <laughs> that's the, sex, the, first, the first Sex Please t-shirt. I like to have revolutionary sex. So I'm gonna sum I'm gonna sum this up three points. First point: group sex is a historically common event, even if it's only practiced by a minority in a particular culture. Um, so we're talking about recreational sex and hookups, but group sex is part of that, and it's it's just not a new thing. Uh, point number two: monogamy is a recent invention and exists in deep relationship with economic power structures. So when we talk about what's natural for people, you know, um, and monogamy, people people like to talk about monogamy as like the natural way for people to organize themselves. It's that that's just not really historically true. Um, and point number three: sex outside of cultural norms doesn't necessarily pose a real challenge to the power of those norms, but it could, right? <laughs> Couldn't it? It could. <laughs> I you know, if you get people away from the family unit, mm-hmm. um. And, and have them in charge of their own pleasure, that can be scary to people. People don't want you to have sex or pleasure that's not going to produce a child. I have a, a good friend, Alex, who has been on the show. He joined me on the show before. He has this this great saying that, um, you know, when a, a man and a woman have sex and want to have a baby, people throw them a fucking parade, right? Mm-hmm. When two people just want to hook up and get off and release some tension and have fun, like, it's they're looked at as as bad people. Right. Yeah. Very, very strange, very strange standards here. We have a caller on the line. Ooh. So, so pleased. Hello, Chris from Hollywood. Are you there, Chris? Hey, Chris. Oh, we lost him. Oh. oh. He went away. He went away. Maybe, maybe he'll try again. He'll try again. Call us back. Call us back. So I'd like to, I'd like to get at okay. some of the, Let's... some of the wisdom in the room with, with Raul. Um, so first of all, just you know, if you have any responses to anything that we've said so far, feel free to well, make them. Well, I mean, it's just you know, I don't know. I've I've grown up in a queer household. I've grown up going against all norms all my life. So I, you know, going against the norm has been the norm for me. So it's always, I always seem to be boggled by what would be considered the norm. Can mm-hmm. I say norm anymore? Um, you know, just, norm right. Uh, <laughs> e- even within these venues, I have come across people who, uh, 
you know, I have lots of conversations with people within the bathhouses and within, you know, sex parties that I attend. And some people just go to view because they want to be around the sexual liberation because they have such shame within themselves or such fear and anxiety about participating. But, you know, they want to be, they want to reach out. So it's like they, they just, they live vicariously through those who are around them, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, you know, I tell them like, there's no right or wrong way to enjoy a group sex party. Well, tell, can you describe for us, oh. um, Raul, a, you know, your, your average Friday night sex party for those listeners who maybe have never attended one or even heard about it till tonight? Well, I can, okay, let's talk about. You don't well, have to name names or, or venues. Just give me a scenario. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about, uh, a very popular one that I attend. Um, go there's an op- you go in, uh, you pay forty dollars to get in, or fifty dollars at the door, forty dollars pre-sale ticket. Uh, there's an open bar, and so you get to imbibe and enjoy yourself. Right. And, you know, what's up? Are there usually snacks at that bar? Because like the one the bathhouses in Europe have snacks, and that's always a... <laughs> oh there are snacks. There's there's I I I mean I call them the orgy cookies because there's always like a large plate of cookies, mm-hmm. and then there's a bucket of red vines, which. You know, I make sure to, um, you know, you, I love red vines. I, They're low fat. I eat, right? Well, you don't want your blood sugar yeah. dropping right. while you're trying to see if it's gettable out there. Yeah. Now, so, now you know. you're dressed, and this is a, this is just an open sex party. I mean, you just pay to go in, so it's not an invite. Well, no, it's it's a uh, it's there is it's invite only. There is a curated crowd, and there's also you know it's also promoted as well. And and by word of mouth, it's become quite popular. Um, so usually around 250 to 300 guys a night. And you, are you all naked? Um, no. Like, for the most part, some people get naked a lot. It's actually, I love this party because it's, the, because it's when I get to, like, really dress up. Like, I've always wanted to be a go-go bear. But, um, <laughs> I love but that. But for some reason, you know, or another, I mean, I love to dance. But, you know, it's the night I get to wear, like, my knee-high socks and my booty shorts and crop tops. And guys come in gear. Like, yes. it's, it's And you know what? This is the first sex party I ever attended. Well, actually, no, I'm lying. The very first sex party I attended was a straight sex party at the Center for Sex and Culture. Mm. Um, up in up, San Fran. Up in San yeah. Fran. And I, I, I thought that it was just a themed party the way that they were promoting it when I went there. <laughs> So it was like gay, but yeah, everybody was like, going to act uh, just straight. Just a little background. Like I'm going through like this sexual awakening right now. So I'm I'm like exploring, you know, for uh, basically exploring my, what would be to consider the kinky side or whatever, you know. Your but, inner slut. Yeah, my it, like my inner slut. You mm-hmm. know, I love being a slut. Um, or at least, you know, baby slut. Uh, so I went in and I was like, there was like sailor themes. And I'm like, oh, this is so cute. I'm going to go in. I can't wait, you know, and dance. And then I go in, I see the cross and somebody getting whipped and spanked. And, you know, there was this great rope play, mm. you know, scene going on. And I was just like, oh, oh. Wait a yeah, minute. I was like, oh, so I was like, you know, I was. And then, I mean, you know, it, it was, it was, it, it, whatever, any range of sexual identities and along the spectrum in there. But, you know, it was like, I'm just like the vanilla gay boy in the corner, like keeping my legs suit. crossed, like, you know, <laughs> not knowing what to do. But it was wonderful. I, you know, I didn't sit there and stare like, you know, what would be considered a creep. I just like, al- I just allowed everything to happen and take it all in. And then there was my first gay sex party, which is what I'm describing. Uh, and I'll name it, uh, or can I name it, yeah. or should I name it? Yeah, Den LA. And, you know, I'm 
very proud door boy to the party. Uh, and so it was wonderful. People, it's, it's what set the bar for me because people come in gear, they come dressed up, there's full guys in leather, assless chaps, huge dicks hanging out. Um, and, and you know, it's a social space. It's a dance and play party. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So there's go-go dancers, there's a DJ playing, there's an open dance space. And then, um, you know, and then the sex is going on around us. And do you find at this party that people are for the most part practicing safe sex are they using condoms? oh yeah we, yeah that's part of the we that's are kind of, that's part of the ethic. that's kind of like one of the tenets and ethics of the party is that you know any range of safer sex practices are you know uh, allowed at the party mm-hmm. it's all about informed consent and and so there are condoms everywhere there's lube everywhere uh you know for um there's always these ideas one has of a party before they attend and you know expectations and all of mine were blown out the door mm-hmm. and so I didn't expect for there to be a lot of like uh, uninformed condomless sex to go on but there's always that like expectation like I said my mind is opening and I'm learning more and more and it's kind of like what allowed me to be a, a better sex educator at places where sexual liberation is going on such as back bathhouses and sex clubs um, and so yes so people actually are constantly asking throughout the night where are the condoms? Where are the lube? Why is there no more condoms? <laughs> <laughs> and then, of course, you know, you do have, you know, we have prep users who utilize a range of risk reduction practices themselves from condoms or communication, whatever, whatever communication happens mm-hmm. in the floor. And then there's just a wonderful array of sexual liberation and such beautiful, you know, cis man on man sex going on around us. Mm. Like from the slings, the dark room, the black room, the anonymous room, the, you know, the bed. The, the thing I've always liked about Denelay is it's one of few sex parties that I've seen uh, advertised, whether it be here or New York City, where I, mm-hmm. I lived for a while, that doesn't have a beauty standard at the door. No. There's what no. What is that? What do you mean? A beauty so everybody like, gets in? It's a very sex positive, body positive, age positive party. Oh, I and see. And so there is a, you know, you go, That's please great. continue, I've, I've, have, I've had, I've had. Invitations to places that you can't get in if you're over 30, you can't get in if you're over a certain weight or mm-hmm. proportion. Do they have a scale or, at the door? Um, no, but a, no. They, they, what they do a lot of the times is how they- do, How do they do it? What's, I've never what's been the code to the for not letting so somebody in? Well, what they do a lot of the times is the door person will be the arbiter of that, of saying, you're not you, hot yeah. enough to come in. You can come in. You can come you in, can. you can. They literally say you're not hot enough to come in? Yes. Wow. I mean, you know, we all know about the velvet robes of the clubs and, all, you know, and Steve Rebell and, and 54. But I mean, mm-hmm. even at sex clubs, they're even just saying clubs, you are you are not same, hot enough. There's oh the my same God. stigmas. There's the same, um, uh, you know, hard conversations going on at sex clubs that there are in any other dating or sex realm. Because to it me, be... that sounds like the worst thing. I mean, for anybody going to a sex club or a sex party or whatever is being rejected. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Who you wouldn't want to who would want to go in a space and, you know, understandably so there are like gym class. There are factions of whatever population that want to be exclusive in, in whatever. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. You come to Denelay, there is someone who's gonna love the fuck out of you. Excuse you know, there's That's someone beautiful. who will want I love it. Uh, the only rule I have, there is no red velvet at my door. It's just you better pay for your ticket one. You are not allowed to walk in. You are not, or you better be on the goddamn list. You are not allowed to walk. There are no drugs allowed in our party. And three, 
you better take off your shirt or your pants or both or whatever, you know, because you, <laughs> you are not allowed to wear street clothes. Those are the only rules I have or we have when you come into our you know, to Den LA. Yeah. That's, um, inter- that's interesting that exposing some skin is such an equalizer. Yeah. Right? It's like, mm-hmm. you. <laughs> I mean, I think that there are definitely people for whom the moment of voyeurism would feel much safer if they didn't also have to expose some skin. But, like, if that's what your challenge is, mm-hmm. then people will step up to that, especially if the situation on the inside feels welcoming, feels exciting, feels like a place where they can actually explore. So I, I, that's really interesting. Yeah, and me. that's, you know, one of the... The concerns people have that are always like, oh, my God, look at my body. And I'm sitting there and I have my gut sticking out of my crop top and my booty <laughs> shorts. And I'm like, who are you talking to right now, first of all? Second of all, I understand. I wouldn't force anybody to do anything they don't want to do. But you can't go out. I'm like, well, then put, keep your shirt on. Take off your pants. Um, and, and I'm like, and then they come back after the party. And they're like, oh, my God, I had a great time. Some people don't play. They just enjoy the experience. Mm-hmm. But it's just they're like once again it blows people's expectations out the door once they leave. Mm-hmm. I may have a biased opinion about this party, but you know, like I said, it's kind of what set the bar. And when I went into bathhouses, I was like, I told my boss, I was like, do I wear booty shorts? <laughs> I was like, what do I wear? When, when you I, went into the bathhouses when, to do to education, start doing education outreach. It was like my first week. I was like, what do I wear? Because you know, yeah. all of a sudden, I'm like, because I understand in bathhouses, everyone's going around with just a towel on. Mm-hmm. And let me know if I'm, you know, what time we're at and what we need, if we need to move on. Um, but I was like, I understand that there's like all of a sudden I'm fully clothed and everybody's naked around me and there's that divide. Right, mm-hmm. right. And I don't like to create that divide because I'm one of them. I'm here to talk, mm-hmm. you know, from a peer-to-peer stance about how to have some, you know, healthier sex yeah. in any capacity. We are talking about recreational sex, group sex, hookup culture tonight, and we would like to hear from you. Call us at 818-985-5735. Callers, do you think there's a difference by generation? Are we having a generational gap around casual sex or hookup culture? Um, Guess what? Group sex parties aren't just a gay thing. So that's a fact. How do you feel? How do you feel about that? (laughs) (laughs) Call call us. Call us and talk to us. 818-985-5735. We're live in the studio. It's Wednesday night. We want to hear from you. I am going to introduce our Get It On song for this evening. Uh, so every week we're going to play a sexy song. We've been doing it every week. And I encourage you all to seek consent and get it on for the next five minutes. Tonight's song is going to be familiar to fans of the L Word. It's Melissa Farrick. Oh, my God. And this song is called Drive. Hi, this is Danny Cruz, your friendly neighborhood rent boy. You can't play this song on SoundCloud, but we hope you're enjoying our show. Vanessa and I would like to invite you to listen to our show live Wednesday nights on KPFK 90.7 FM Los Angeles and streaming online at kpfk.org. And call us. We'd love to hear your thoughts and your comments. Join the conversation by calling us 818-985-5735, 818-985-KPFK. Uh, or on Twitter, hashtag SexPlease, and definitely support Safe Harbor shows on KPFK. When you make your donations at kpfk.org or calling in to the station to make your donations, 
please tell them that you support Safe Harbor, you support listener-funded radio, and you support free speech. Now back to Sex, Please with Vanessa Carlisle. Welcome back to Sex, Please. We're part of Safe Harbor here on KPFK 90.7 FM Los Angeles, 98.7 Santa Barbara, 93.7 San Diego, 99.5 Ridgecrest and China Lake, and everyone else in the world. You can listen to us on kpfk.org. I can't believe you stopped the song so early. <laughs> oh, shit. People thought, people thought they had 90 more seconds to get it on. Oh, what? Man. What a song. We, we, we what call season that, was that from? We call that tease and denial. One of <laughs> I'll hold you up. We, we are talking about recreational sex tonight. We're talking about sex clubs. We're talking about hookup cultures. Mm. We've got Raul Q here Hello. in studio with us. He is a prepducator, somebody yes. who does um, education on safer sex with prepare.la. Can, so can you t- talk to us a little bit more about what exactly it is you do when you go to a sex club or a sex party? What kind of information are you offering people? What are you hoping to see happen? What's your what's your What's your business there? Okay, so what I offer, uh, basically we talk about pre-exposure prophylaxis for those of you out there who don't know, pre-exposure prophylaxis, or PrEP for short, is a new HIV, pre- a newer HIV prevention method, which includes taking a daily pill, um, an ARV, an antiretroviral medication, to you know prevent HIV infection. Um, take it daily, seven days a week, 365 days a year for however long you're going to take it, or even less than 365 days a year, whatever you feel your risk um, limits may be. And uh, I go in there, and that's what I offer. I offer education about that, uh, specifically in commercial sex venues, uh, because of the fact that, um, well, not because of the fact, but it, it is considered a higher risk population within these venues. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I go in there along with an HIV tester who's doing free HIV and STD testing throughout the night. Uh, and I go in there, and I kind of just chill. I don't interrupt anybody's sex. I just allow them to come. I make announcements saying, hey, if you want to know more about pre-exposure prophylaxis, I'm here. Come talk to me. Get free lube. Get free condoms. People come for the free lube and free condoms, and they have a conversation about PrEP. Um, What do I hope to see? I hope to see less HIV infections happening amongst our populations. I mean, uh, primarily, uh, you know, the the, uh, population of focus is men of color. Mm-hmm. who I reach out to. Uh, recently, the CDC put out information that if infection rates continue the way that they are going, one in two African-American men or you know black men who have sex with men will contract HIV in their lifetime. One in four Latino men who have sex with men will contract HIV in their lifetime. I am a Latino male. Those numbers just blew my mind. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They no, paired I'm... with like one in 11 of white men. Yes, like, like one in, yeah, one in 11, one in 11 MSM altogether, like one in six, I forget if it was like one in 16 for white men. Uh, yeah. or, or, you know, or, or straight women or something like that. Okay. Yeah, it's yeah. just like. And isn't it, isn't it also true that simultaneously with those numbers that the fastest growing population of people contracting HIV is black women? Uh, no, it's actually uh, black young black men, thirteen to twenty four, oh, okay. who have sex with men. But yes, for the longest time it was. Yeah, okay. For, for the longest time, yes, it was African American women. Though you know, uh, older stats uh, put that one in 
32 African-American women will in, will be affected by HIV in their lifetime. Okay, okay. And that oh is the number of stats. I don't know what the number of stats. So that is, that is what we do because a large, person of pop, a large person of the population of clientele at these venues happen to be men of color. And so mm-hmm. uh, what do I hope to see is I hope to see a reduction in new HIV infections or just at least awareness, greater awareness of pre-exposure prophylaxis. Uh, right now, LA County kind of puts about 56,000 men who might be at risk for HIV, or men who have sex with men who might be at risk for HIV within Los Angeles alone, uh, uh, Los Angeles County, 9,000 would be considered at high risk. And right now there's only about 1,700 men who have sex with men who are on PrEP right now in Los Angeles County. Uh, those are like 2014 numbers, so those numbers might have changed by now. Mm-hmm. I see. So you're trying to increase the number of people who are who are using PrEP in order to try to reduce that, yeah, that high-risk number. Yeah, high-risk Got number. it. Mm-hmm. So. Great. So at first I thought you were talking about doing something that felt like, you know, volunteerism. But actually, this is something that's required for the clubs. Oh, yes. Well, okay. Well, well I, I have a life passion for safer sex awareness. You know, longer history. I'll talk about that another time when we have more time. Um, so it's a passion of mine, yes. But at the same time, um, there are – oh, we do have – Go ahead. Fin- finish your, finish okay, your sentence. So, uh, but there are laws, sex clubs, uh, bathhouses, commercial sex venues, um, kind of, you know, this – residual leftover from the AIDS crisis of the 80s in order for, at least within Los Angeles County, for them to stay open in Los Angeles County. They have to provide HIV testing um, as well as informed consent information uh, in order to stay open. I got it. To stay in business, they have to provide free HIV testing. So you're the... Me, I just came on as an adage. Right, right. Interesting. (laughs) We've got a call. Scott from New York. Are you on the line? I am. Hi, Scott. How are you doing this evening? Okay, how are you? Great. Welcome to Sex, Please. What's on your mind? Oh, you mentioned right before the break something about generational issues or around the hookup culture. And I'm not sure. I mean, if you're implying that it didn't generationally happen previously, I'm not sure that's true because I remember hearing from parents and older people comments about things that would be alluded to about hooking up or group sex parties or whatever. Uh, I just think nowadays it's just more in the open, more discussed, and more technology-enabled than it was previously. Thank, thank you for saying that. I think that's yeah. really true. Like, that's sort of the myth of the golden age is just every generation is like, oh, God, the younger generation is fucking more. But but, <laughs> but no. <laughs> no, everybody's been fucking. Um, and I, I think you're probably right about there being, there's you know, there's new technologies um, we're going to talk about Tinder and Grinder in a minute, but I, but those are just new ways to do the same old thing, right? And it's lazy. Right. You know, you used to have to walk the streets. You used to have to get out every night if you wanted to hook up, you know? Now you can just sit home and just click, 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 and they don't so work as hard. The ice for the cocktail parties. Exactly. <laughs> so what do you remember being told as a kid about you know the dangers of, of sex or the, or, the, or the pleasures of sex? Were you, were you told that... You know, hooking up was even a possibility, or were you steered towards monogamous heterosexuality? Uh, no, it was definitely steered towards monogamous heterosexuality. Well, then the gay man. Uh, but I just think the comments about uh, this neighbor was fooling around with this other neighbor, and or the kids went over here, and the parents were over here in the pool doing X, Y, and Z. I mean, it was just those kind of comments. 
It was scandalizing recreational sex or hookup. Yeah. In the pool. Like, like swingers. Yes. Yeah, yeah, swingers. Like, I could have swore there was like the 60s key parties. <laughs> where, where did you grow up, Scott? This sounds like a real Randy neighborhood. Uh, yeah, it was kind of uh, the suburbs of New York. There you go. Was was there some scandals? Did some uh, one somebody across the street, uh, you know, t- make a midnight visit? <laughs> uh, no comment. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. Scott brings up a, brought up a great point about now. There's a lot more technology involved in hookup culture. It's like you know, it used to be uh, either you had to go to the bar. You had to, you know, hang out at certain spots late night. Now yeah. you just hop on Grinder. You hop on Craigslist. Oh my God, Craigslist for <laughs> for as long as Craigslist has existed it's forever. Um, you know, it's it's you. It's pretty much you can get it on demand. You can get, and I know in my own neighborhood we have a little, kind of a little, I don't want to say click, but like this little group of us that get together every once in a while. And it's one of those. Hey, I see you're. On looking you you around like, and otherwise we do not know each other. We don't hang out. We don't. I, I barely know their first names, kind of thing. But you know, we see each other on a regular basis to to you know have Blue some enjoyment. Room. Yeah, it's like a pickup basketball game. Hey guys, you want to just fuck around a little while? Then we'll you know. Wow. We'll all part ways. You know, everybody part bring ways. a quiche. Yeah. I was gonna say, is there, uh, there's got to be snacks afterward. I mean, is, is there a, is there a the post? Cookies. You know. Post-coital I mean, snacks? Post-coital or frittage or whatever's happening at the time. I like a nice baked brie after sex. Mm. <laughs> oh. Scott, do we still have you on the line? Uh, I'm still here. Oh, he's still here. So I want to know I want to know what you think about the potential for a generational difference. Like, you know, you called to say you don't really think that there is one, but, you know, what are, what are the things that are different? There has to be some. Yeah, I just think the the openness, the more that it's it's talked about, is is happening, and like I said, that uh, the technology that's enabling it to happen. Uh, more do, more. do you think people are hurting themselves with recreational sex? No, no, not at all. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> you heard I mean, it. You heard it from me. Scott. You heard it from Scott. Thank you so much for calling. Thank you. You have a good night. I love it's like recreational sex, therapeutic sex. I mean, so rec- help me understand what recreational sex is. Just you're just doing it for the fun of it. Just doing it for the fun of it. I as a you don't can you know them, not know them. I mean, I'm just I'm just trying to define some terms for here. in my in the context of myself, and I, I know a lot of sex workers have this. It's it's the idea that you know we see clients all the time. It's it's one kind of sex that we're having. And recreational sex is kind of like when daddy wants to play for himself. Like, and, this is but, daddy's time now. But are these with strangers? Are these with friends? I mean, you said you've got these buddies in the neighborhood who get together. It's it's the the thing about like fuck buddies or friends with benefits or, yeah. or whatever the the situation that you kind of uh, create together with this other person. Um, it's in be- I would say in between stranger and friend. Like okay. you might know them. You might know a little bit about where they live, or you might know what they do, but that none of those things really matter because once once that session, that play session is over, you both go back to. And what if you I, run into them somewhere can, else? I think you can have really. I mean, I have had really um, affectionate, 
caring, mm-hmm. friendly relationships with people who I would see regularly at a, at a certain play party. So like there's a play party that I'm going to on the regular and there's a couple of people there who I know I like to hook up with. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's sort of it's a, it's a sense of like, oh, I, I know that it, it's pleasurable with this person. I feel safe with this person. I enjoy this person. And every time I see them, they're kind of bringing something new to the table because they're they're conscious of their sexuality, mm-hmm. too. And, um, and you know, there's some of those people, I, I stay at their house when I'm on the way through town mm-hmm. or, I, you know, I'm moving. Can you come help me? <laughs> <laughs> so that's happened. I'm Are there women-only parties? Here. Oh, yes. In this, in this town? Oh, in this town. In this town? I know there are in New York. I I want one. If you know of a women... Oh, yes, there are. There are women-only parties. There's one at Dungeon East that happens. It's so hot. It's so hot. It's like all all female kink party. Okay, now you just said female kink, so it's kink. And in in your estimation, what does kink mean? Because some people could say kink would be doing in the backyard. Right. Or this is so help the vanillas out this, there. This is this is about a party where not only is there and people are encouraged to have sex in a more public place with each other mm-hmm. watching and participating, but there's also um, direct negotiation of consent for activity mm. for BDSM activities. So we're talking about bondage, sadomasochism, um, pain, pain play, power play, electrical play, things, things like that. Do you bring your own stuff to these things? A lot of people do. If, if people who have, um, you know, a very advanced, I don't know, <laughs> like, like deep, <laughs> a, a, a deep practice, okay. people who have been practicing BDSM for a long time often have mm-hmm. stuff that they would prefer to use themselves. So like, this is the rope I prefer to use because I know how it works. I know what it feels like on the skin. I know how tight to pull my knots, that kind of thing. So like, if you get if you get really familiar with something, you want to bring your own. If you're not that familiar with it, you might try whatever's whatever's around and experiment with it. But I think it's kind of like musicians, you know? Well, it's like exactly, if you can play guitar, you you'll play any stuff. guitar. Yeah. But if you want to have a real good time, you bring your own guitar, mm. right? Yeah. <laughs> and that's the worst when you go to a party and you leave stuff and then you lose stuff. I mean, I've, I've lost cords and records and tools and all this kind of stuff. Yeah, so, yeah. sweaters and cocks. Yeah, yes. I, I lost well, another cup. You know, like sex toys and ropes can be really expensive depending on who you're buying it from. So yes. you know, it's always Home Depot to me is is the first stop for rope. I mean, well, <laughs> sure. Well, you for, know. it is the first stop for rope. I mean, they it's don't just sell- not the last stop for rope. <laughs> no, it's not the last stop. No. But I'm just but there are several supplies you can get at your Home Depot and your Target. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, they don't. You know, they don't sell soft and frilly, but you know. Certain things they do have. Yeah, I'm actually super DIY when it comes to personal play stuff. Mm. I really like using like Home Depot carabiners and you know. I was gonna say carabiners. (laughs) No, I'm I'm into it. I'm into recycled rubber. I'm into recycled leather. I'm into you know making toys. You can't stop being an eco-friendly, eco-friendly sex play and a crafter. Thank you. Crafter. (laughs) Oh, see now that would be fun. Wouldn't that be sex play crafting? Yeah, it is. It is fun. It's fun. Eight one eight nine eight five. Five seven three five. Do you have an Etsy shop where you sell your homemade BDSM toys? Call us because we're talking about rec sex tonight. <clears throat> Raul. Yes. What kind of feedback have you gotten for the program that you're that you're doing? How are people responding to you doing education in the in the commercial sex venues? I love that. Um, you know, for the like ninety nine point nine 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 percent, it's 
very positive feedback. People want the information. Before I even was hired, they were telling me that testers were fielding questions already. People wanted to know. They were asking these questions every testing session. I came in, honestly, like on within a five-hour shift, I will talk to 15 people on wow. like a good night. If it's mm -hmm. a good night at the club, depending on the night. Um, and within that, like, because there's, you know, you can ask, answer press basics, but then there's also referrals. Like, I give referrals to clinics or payment resources, stuff mm -hmm. like that. And so, like, there'll be, like, five to six of those that happen within those engagements. Uh, also, while I'm also running, like, Grinder, and, uh, you know, when we move on to the topic of, you know, apps, I have app, you know, profiles on Grinder, Scruff, all of those running at the same time, and I have online questions coming at me at the same time. All of those what what now? What are those? Oh, uh, geo dating apps. Uh, so Grinder, Scruff, Squirt.org. Uh, where else am I? Growler, Jacked, Hornet. Those are the main channels. All the ones I'm on. you can get. You those can are, see who's yeah. in your neighborhood. Yeah, you can see who's in your neighborhood. Like within feet to Whoa. miles. Yeah. It, it just sucks because like now I have all these professional accounts on those accounts and on those apps and I can no longer hook up off those apps. But I love organic dating. I love cruising in public. Like, you know, the body language that comes about. You know, when you catch eye contact with somebody, mm -hmm. you just know that you guys want to play with each other's cocks. Like, <laughs> hey, hey, you know, like, hey, and, hey. and it just happens because it's just that one. We all know that wonderful feeling when you catch eye. It's but, explosive. Okay. Yeah, but going back to the feedback, the the feedback has been wonderful. Um, I'm so glad to hear that. I'm excited to find out yes, that we have another caller, Robert in downtown LA. Are you on the line? Yes, I am. Hello. Hi. How are you doing this Hi. evening? Great, great. Um, calling from downtown. Uh, one of the things I've noticed, I'm in my 50s, and uh, I talk to a lot of the millennials, you know, the 18 to 34, 35, mm -hmm. and uh, the sense I get from them is that they're not looking just for casual or relation, um, I forgot what you called it, recreational sex. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, a, lot of the, a lot of the kids today um, say they're looking for a commitment and um, uh, a relationship, not just empty sex, because they know they can have it. I think when I was growing up, there was the whole taboo with sex, and, um, you know, sex ed in my my time was horrible. You know, yeah. they showed pictures yeah. of, of, you know, uh, diseases, and, you know, they tried to scare you, basically. Right, scared, today, scared straight sex ed. Yeah. Yeah, you know, they'd show a picture of, you know, a, um, a penis with uh, venereal disease. But so they tried to scare you. But today the kids are much smarter, you know, tech, technologically. And um, they, uh, the sense I get by talking to the millennials is they want more than just, um, just uh, casual uh, recreational sex. They want, like I had a friend, yeah, I, a woman friend in high school, and, you know, I would, we would, she would ask me questions, you know, about guys and sex. And she said, you mean you guys will have sex with someone you don't have feelings for? And I said, yes, of course we will, you know, because <laughs> I think women, you know, want to have feelings that they want to oh, like. Oh, I was but so men, with you until you started doing gender binary oh, assumptions. Well, but, that's but, just my opinion. I would like to but, say that I really appreciate one of the things you're doing right now, which is undermining the myth that people who have casual sex don't want love. I think that that's, uh -huh. that's one mm -hmm. of those myths, that like people who are having 
sex recreationally, who are having more sex, who are doing whatever their, whatever their wild oats sledding around thing they need to do is, mm-hmm. that there's an assumption that people who are doing that are not also looking for intimacy and love. And it's just not true. It's just like a crazy mean thing to think about people who fuck. Yeah. I'd, for the longest time, mine was my, my thought to that was try before you buy. <laughs> like if I'm going to get into a monogamous relationship with you, it can't. There can't be bad sex, so that's the first thing I'm going to try out. Mm. Is we're going to hook up so I can see if I want to be in a relationship with you. Right? Can my can my body handle being next to your body like all the time? Not even that. It's is my body going to be bored by being next to your body all the time? Oh yeah. my god! You know, I called the blowjob the gay handshake. I mean, honestly, you have to know how good their head game is before you move forward. I will not be with somebody who gives bad. Head. No rings. Wait, is there no room for training I mean, or there skill is, development? Like, I love teachable curve. moments. Okay, we're talking about me as like it, it's you know yeah there are learning curves and there are teachable moments, um, but there's only so much experiential you know there's only so many teachable moments you can with teeth. So it really right. Yeah. right. Can I say something else? Oh, yes, yes Robert's please. here. You guys, hi, hi Robert. Go you know, ahead. Hi, I'm still here. Um, you know, there's more to life than sex, kids. Um, you know, uh, sometimes people want, they want intellectual stimulation. They want uh, ca- friendship. Hell yeah. And, yeah. Um, you know, those things count, too. And I'm just saying that, you know, the kids today are just kind of bored with the whole casual deal. And they want more than, than uh, I, I, you know, I grew up in the 60s with the hippies and the free love. And that kind of just burned everyone out. You know, you can have sex with 100 people. And, uh, you know, I don't know what you got out of that, you right. know. Maybe I, I hear you. I hear you. I think that there I think that there really is an experience of burnout that can happen. That's that's real. Thank you for mentioning it, Robert. And have a good evening. There's there's also a lot of people who for whom the experience of touching another body mm-hmm. is actually regenerative. Right. So we can any one person can go into a play party and come out feeling like drained and sad and weird or they can go into a play party and come out feeling like hot as hell and beloved who I, okay I, <laughs> like you I, can I, once again <laughs> I, I see nothing but pleasurable experiences once you know like when you see like hundreds of guys walk out and they're all just kissing and hugging and thanking each other for the experiences and mm-hmm. still sucking cocks on the couch as they get dressed it, it's you know it's a wonderful thing mm-hmm. I, I really love it it's intoxicating to be around sexual I want to be a gay man I, I just it sounds just so fun because <laughs> is having a revelation <laughs> right. I, yeah. right here it's, right yeah. now I, you all heard it for the first time on yeah. Sex Please 90.7 <laughs> FM KPFK Los Angeles here we are <laughs> 98.7 Santa Barbara 93.7 San Diego 99.5 Ridgecrest and China Lake everyone who's listening to us on KPFK.org we appreciate you so much um, please like our Facebook page at KPFK Safe Harbor we have some shows archived on SoundCloud so you can check us out on soundcloud.com slash sex please uh, big thank you to Raul Q thank you. how can people find you how can people find your work if you're social curi- media if you're curious about uh, pre-exposure prophylaxis and prepare.la http uh, colon backslash backslash prepare.la uh, and on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, uh, at PrepJucator, P-R-E-P-D-U-C-A-T-O-R. If you're on Grinder in the area right now, I think I'm logged in. Please send over your prep questions. Right on. Chris Ann, how can people find you? 
at Big Broad Sports on Twitter and, of course, our KPFK Safe Harbor Facebook page. And, of course, you can always leave a message at KP, our regular KPFK Facebook page. Danny, how can people find you? Uh, Twitter, at a Danny Boy. Great. I'm Vanessa Carlisle. If you want to talk to me, you can find me on Twitter at V Carlisle. And uh, I'm... We're not going to be here next week because next week is 420. Yeah! <laughs> and uh, Safe and Harbor Safe Harbor is entering <laughs> a new season. There's new shows. Next week, there's going to be a pilot of The Weed Show oh, it's on be awesome. 420 with uh, Dinah Leffert. So definitely check that out. And then uh, Sex Please will be back the following week. Up next, we've got The G-Spot with Gary Baca. And tonight at 2 a.m., a special show, Sounds of Cine with Federico. It's a motion picture soundtrack trip. You want to stay up for it. Yeah, Gary's doing Blowfly tonight, so uh, definitely want to stay on the dial. Hello. Thank you so much for tuning into Sex, Please. Call us next time. All power to the people. All pleasure to the people. Good night and good fuck. This is Danny Cruz, your friendly neighborhood rent boy. You can't play this song on SoundCloud, but we hope you're enjoying our show. Vanessa and I would like to invite you to listen to our show live Wednesday nights on KPFK 90.7 FM Los Angeles and streaming online at kpfk.org. And call us. we love to hear your thoughts and your comments. Join the conversation by calling us 818-985-5735, 818-985-5735. Uh, or on Twitter, hashtag SexPlease, and definitely support Safe Harbor shows on KPFK. When you make your donations at kpfk.org or calling in to the station to make your donations, uh, please tell them that you support Safe Harbor, you support listener-funded radio, and you support free speech. Now back to Sex Please with Vanessa Carlisle.